Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. We may not know, but what we know is just that Christ is resurrected, right? He has given us new life. He has, he has given us the way into the heaven. We are able to enter the Holy of Holies because of His Son, Christ Jesus. He made that possible, right? And, um, and I thought, like, Lord, I mean, God really moved last Sunday. It, you know how it is when it comes to a Resurrection Sunday, some people, or, you know, Easter Sunday. People get, uh, some people that want to be there are kind of there. And then uh, it's one of those moments that I've said a lot of times for uh, pastors, it's not the easiest uh, day to preach because, you know, you know, when you have people and just in there, oh, let's see what you're going to enlighten me with today. You can tell that, you know, by the... <laughs> demeanor of people sometimes, but it's fine. Guess what? But the fact that they're there and the seeds are being planted. But at the end, I mean, the Lord really moved across the room and I saw, you know, many eyes really just crying before the Lord. Um, and I thought, what a best way to follow up this week to talk about what it means to follow Christ. That as soon as we make that decision, there's going to be, it's going to get more challenging before it gets better, right? Yeah. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. So let's open that up with prayer, Lord. We just thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your word that's live and speaking to us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you'd move across this room and touch every heart, Father God, before you just surrender everything before you, Lord, right now. Have your way, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. It's just... Uh, Sometimes I like to get to shake some of the morning dust or whatever it is. Some might say, I still haven't had my coffee, so please don't talk to me or anything like that. But you know what? You're in the, uh, king, <laughs> you're in the presence of God, right? And the king is in the room. Amen. So can you say this with me? Say, my heart is open. My mind is ready. Make me better, God. By your word. I receive it. I believe it. And I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Mark chapter 5, uh, we're going to go from 21st verse through 35. We've heard this story many times, and I've preached out of it many times. <laughs> but it's amazing how often you can just keep going to that same place, and that's so amazing about the Word of God. It just more and more gets unlocked, and the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us today, I think, uh, what happens is when we begin following the Lord and that sometimes we will have that time where we don't understand what's happening and we don't understand exactly what's going on. Like, Lord, we gave our life to you, but it seems like things are getting more difficult. <laughs> so that's what the message is going to be today about. And I titled it The Jairus Factor. Mark chapter 5, again, starting with verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. While he was by the lake. Then one of the uh, synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. The Bible tells us the story, right, of named Jairus. He's like a priest. Nowadays, it's like a pastor of a church, pretty much. And he was one of the rulers of the synagogue. So, and other gospel talks about the age of the girl, that she was 12 years old, right? And she's pretty much in a desperate, dire need, right? Uh, but he, he's so desperate, and that's what happens. Desperation oftentimes in our life, it brings us to that situation to run before the cross 
to run before Jesus and say, Lord, I need you, right? So this desperate mode, and he's beginning begging God. In verse 23, he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. So That's awesome. They're on their way, right? Now, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Man, I can't imagine what's going through Jairus' mind, you know. He's just like, let's go, Jesus, come on. So as Jesus and Jairus are on the way to heal his, his daughter, right, something unexpected happens. Verse 25, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. I love these numbers that sometimes come across. She's, you know, the daughter's 12. Then <laughs> this woman is subjecting, you know, so, so she's been bleeding for 12 years. 12 disciples. God just puts these awesome blues clues, and I love that. There's always a sign, right? 12 disciples. And so verse 26, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. She spends lots of money like we do in our medicine, right? But there are certain things that just medicine just won't do, won't heal. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in a crowd and touched his cloak. 28, because she thought, it's amazing where it starts, right? With one thought. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Amen. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone, on, gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? <laughs> so many people, I can totally see disciples are like, Jesus, come on. We're being pressed on all sides. Who touched you, right? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Something about when we press into the Lord that will make, gets God's attention. And I believe that's that hunger for the Lord, that, that desperation for God. Verse 33, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Okay. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So this woman comes out of nowhere, right, to receive her miracle, and she gets it instantly, right? But where I want to lay my emphasis on verse 35, check this out. Verse 35, just before things get better, things get worse sometimes. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother with the teacher anymore? I was trying to figure out the best way to title the message, but I've already mentioned it, the Jairus factor. We as believers, we're often in that position. You know, we served the Lord for many years. We, we cried out to God about so many needs. And we're thinking, Lord, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> where, where are you? But notice that Jairus was right on his way to get his miracle, right? But it got delayed by someone who got theirs in an instant. So that's the, what I wanted to point out. It was at that moment where somebody's like, hey, Jairus, it's, it's too late. Don't, don't even bother. Don't bother with him anymore. Don't bother the teacher. Um, and for many people, it may seem like when you start seeking God, right? And I'm a testament of that. And a lot of this is coming out of my heart from what I've experienced with the Lord. And you begin seeking the Lord. 
You turned away from your sins. You're acknowledging him in all of your ways and everything that you do. And uh, you begin praying and even fasting. Um, life takes a turn for the worse, right? It has happened in my life. I bet every one of us in our faith in Christ. And if you're still new to the Lord, you know, I want to give you a heads up. <laughs> but there's something special about this, okay? There's something special. We'll get to that. <laughs> But it may seem like other people are getting their breakthrough faster than you. They're receiving their miracles. And it's like, Lord, what's going on, right? I've been, I've been alongside of you. I've been a pastor. You know, that's what you know, Jairus could have said. I've been a synagogue leader. Come on. So in the story, woman receives her miracle instantly while Jairus has to still walk with Jesus, right? And he had a decision to abandon. If you think about it, so it's too late. You know? I thought about it. Just imagine that's your daughter. And I was thinking about if I had a daughter that was dying. And here I am with Jesus. And Jesus like stops, does a miracle. This woman tells him her whole story. <laughs> we know, you know, the ladies tell this full story. It may take a while. But this whole time, as she's telling the story, this happens. It's so disappointing, so discouraging. But today, I want to encourage you. <laughs> this is a message of encouragement. To not be jealous of those people who get their answers by touch where it takes others a long time. And sometimes we're surrounded by those people where we think it seems like they didn't even sacrifice that much. They didn't even put in so much effort. Like, Lord, what? What's going on? I'm like, am I not living a right life? And we can get those questions and it's okay. And I believe this message is for us today to be encouraged in those times where we don't understand. Lord, I don't understand. Like, you've healed him. Why can't you heal me? Things like that, Right? So the temptation in such, season, in such season is to say, don't bother teacher anymore. Just, just quit. You've already done it enough, right? And perhaps we don't quit in our faith, but we quit in our fire and our pursuit for God, okay? And I'm saying this because I've done that before. I've prayed for certain things. Yes, it was awesome. I didn't quit on faith, but I just stopped pursuing that. But there's something remarkable about the story that in a new way that has brought a revelation to me. And I believe that's going to bring us a revelation into our life. Especially in this season, where we're continuing to pray for others. Believing for them to receive their miracles, right? I love uh, uh, in the Chosen series, they did such an amazing scene about that. One of the disciples comes and he's limping. And he's like, Jesus, how about me? You know? But it depends. It's so amazing because I keep sneaking forward. But sometimes the Lord does that on purpose. He does that because those people needed it more. <laughs> but God can just as much work through your sickness in saying that despite of what you have, you're worshiping God. This is where I believe God takes you and he puts on the gl glory of God, you know, for, for display for others to see. That, hey, you can have suffering and you can still worship God. Amen. Because we look at it right through the scripture, uh, Sarah got her, you know, got pregnant through a miracle. Hagar got pregnant through a one-time encounter with Abraham. In the story of Joseph, there's many stories, but like, I'll just use some examples, right? In, in the story of Joseph, Chief Butler, who got released quickly through the dream, and Joseph told him the dream, right? But it took years for Joseph to get out. <laughs> it wasn't until later, at the right time, where all of a sudden, the Lord is like, all right, this is the time to do it. Um, but I do believe there's something special in the waiting that causes us to pray deeper and see God more. 
when things are not going according to our plans, right? And we are, we're like, what's going on? But there's something special that happens. Notice there's a pattern throughout the Bible in the life of people, even nowadays, uh, people that are, just, that are filled with faith. You listen to some of their stories and you're like, how do they handle that? They lost a loved one, you know, and, and they're persevering. You know, I look at Pastor Mark and Nancy, what, what they endured when they lost their son in the car accident. And they didn't quit. They kept pursuing the Lord. And there's something special that happens when we keep pursuing God and we're going through trials of various sorts. There's something that happens where the Lord just elevates our faith to the new level. All right? But this pattern is happening through the scriptures, right? Not because God loves them less, you know, those that are waiting. But I believe that because God entrusted them that much more. That's the key, right? And I'm thinking perhaps, thinking of Joseph, right? I mean, he was excited because early on he got dreams that his brothers and sisters going to bow down before him and his parents. And he had all these dreams. And, but the Lord was working on him through this whole time, right? We don't know that. <laughs> How many years did it happen before that actually came about? And I'm thinking a lot of times we're like, yeah, Lord, come on. It was supposed to happen. And Joseph could have said it many times, like, Lord, you've given me all these dreams. I'm just going to quit. He gets there. He gets thrown into prison, falsely accused. One thing after another, right? But I do believe there's something that happens in those times because if we were able to take in, if God gave us that answer instantly, we may have not been able to handle it. I'm thinking because maybe the Lord was working on Joseph out of his pride. Maybe earlier on, if it happened, he would have killed his brothers. But then after a while, he sees them. His heart matured and the Lord at the right time said, you go, this is the time, right? So... I do want to point out, you know, God works in, through every situation in different ways. Just like when you're a parent, right? You treat every situation differently, individually. If you're a good parent, you don't just, like, if somebody comes up to you, kids screaming, you don't just spank their both butts and say, whatever, go, <laughs> right? You figure it out and you try to be fair, right? So in every situation, I do believe God works through every situation in such a unique way because he cares so much for us individually, he doesn't treat us like robots. Control, alt, yes, or no. You know, like, no. He comes and he sees every one of our situation, every walk in our life. God has the ability to do that. He's so sovereign. Amen? So, the greater the test, I believe, the greater the glory of God. All right? John chapter 16, 33. I have told you these things, and I've said this earlier before, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And there's three things that I wanted to point out today and just kind of just ministered to me throughout my life that I want to share as well. Uh, when things get tough, right? Lazarus factor, we call it. <laughs> you may be serving God for many years. You may have been faithful and things like that. But remember these three things. First one is don't give up on God's promise for your life, okay? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in him, amen. And watch what afterward it says. To the glory of God through us. 2 Corinthians 1.20, in case if you want to take some notes. Again, for all the promises of God. We've been quoting that scripture the last couple of weeks. So if God says something, it's, it's going to happen, <laughs> right? But giving up is the easiest option. If you think about it, right? In any situation in your life, you can always quit. You know, people, with, when you start a business, guess what? <laughs> You're investing time, 
early on, and it's, they say if you break even first year, that's a great year, right? Giving up always is the easiest option. Jairus could have given up. Joseph could have given up. Abraham could have given up. He was old before he received this, uh, before his wife got pregnant. At such an old age, right? But if God promises something, he will bring it to completion. He who began a good work in you, right? It says he will carry it out into the completion. That's in Philippians uh, 1.6. But God wants to take his promise that he given you. And he given us all his promise, right? He has given us specific individual promise in life. And God wants to use that promise to glorify his name, right? It's all about God's glory being reflected through us. There's something about that God wants to use us, or I would say his glory, to, ref to, to reflect his glory through us, through every situation, right? Like I said, we're living in an upside-down kingdom. Other people are like, could they, as soon as they hit something, like, I don't know, they lose their job, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die now. Or, and then they, there's other people, you know, that, like I'm just saying, people that are without hope. They lose a loved one. Or their spouse walks on on them, right? Things like that. But we're living, when people are living with faith, when you're walking with the Lord, it's amazing what you can handle because of the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you through that situation. Amen? So the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We were singing that this morning, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Not the joy of the Lord is in my answered prayers. Amen? The joy of the Lord is in just because it's my strength. Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Come on, that means God is working through that situation. God is working through that unanswered in the time of waiting, right? A time of in between, you know, to work out some things. God was working through Israel, you know, many years, but they just could not get it. It all depends on our heart where we're at right now, Right? He wanted to move Israel into the promised land, but they were in this limbo and in between. God was like, you don't have that faith <laughs> to enter. So in that waiting process is the most beautiful thing where we don't know what can happen, but we have no other option either to quit or to put our trust in God. Quitting is easy, and I'm thinking, well, what good does it do? Well, it gives you satisfaction knowing that you were right. <laughs> or believing that he, he can do greater things, right, through that situation. When we are actually putting our trust in him and saying, Lord, you will have the way. You will carry me through this situation, right? So God may want to walk with you through that season of waiting before you receive a miracle, like he did with Jairus, right? They had to take a walk. So we should never, the other thing I want to point out, we should never assume that people who receive their miracles instantly, that they actually got them right away, that they never waited, right? Don't look at it like that because the woman with the issue with blood said she was suffering for 12 years. Yes, that was for her instantly. She got that instant when she reached out and touched the hem of his robe. She got that instantly, but she still waited for 12 years, right? So I believe that looking at time of the waiting is the place where we develop a deeper relationship with God, Amen. So the waiting is making us focus more on God rather than the miracle itself. Hear me on this. A lot of times we pray and all we do is we see this problem. And the Lord is like, I want you to see me first. And then you can see 
through me, what I can do through you, through that problem, right? We're more focused on a miracle rather than God himself. And we begin to say, Lord, I, this is beyond my pay grade. Lord, I just put my trust in you. I just love you and I'm going to worship you, right? But this is the time of waiting where we're waiting. God does something special in our hearts if we take heart, right? First Peter 4.16. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in this matter. That's why people are like, why are you worshiping God? You know, this happened to you. You lost your job. <laughs> and you're walking around praising God. <laughs> I'll never forget this. This one of the pastors talking about in Russia during Soviet times. And the, the older lady, she just like, she just got this joy of the Lord. And she's coming back after just, you know, hearing this pastor preach. And she's like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And she comes and she opens the fridge and she's like, there's nothing there to eat. And she just like pointed and laughed. She's just like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> I have nothing to eat, but I, the Lord will provide. I know it sounds crazy, but we're not living in those times, thankfully. And I hope we don't get to that. But, but there was something and the Lord still provided for her day after day. In those difficult times, the lady testifies of that. She just said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's like, I kept opening fridge and laughing at it. <laughs> And <laughs> she's like, <laughs> exactly. And then the Lord blessed her. And not only that, she's just one of the elders in the church, you know, and she's just loves the Lord so much. God has done so much through her. I've, there's so many of her testimonies that God used her so much. You keep, again, that, there's that, that fine line, something that happens with people that just love and put their trust in the Lord. That God just entrusts them with so much more. And imagine how many people she gets to bless now with her stories. When you're at your lowest, this is what I've done. And so when a person looks at something, a situation like this, says, well, my problem is not a big problem at all then, <laughs> right? You haven't been there. But again, it says, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. People can say, oh, you've served the Lord so many years and you haven't gotten that answer. And you're still limping, right? Amen. It is coming. It says, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter, right? That's why you can be going through this storm, right? And you're just reflecting God's glory. People without faith can't do that. They'll look at you like crazy. Like, what are you doing? It says that we are foolish for God, right? <laughs> There's something special because we have that faith. And so the question for us, the challenge for us today is, will we continue to walk with the Lord even if we get our, don't get our answer right away, right? Things that perhaps... That God has promised you and you believe that is true and you just keep pursuing God, don't quit. Amen? Don't quit. If you're walking with Jesus, he doesn't just meet your expectations. He perhaps wants to exceed them. Amen? He says he will do measurably more for those that believe and trust him, right? You might be praying for this little thing. It's like the Lord's like, I want to give you this bigger thing. I need you to believe me in that moment. If you have that little faith, as much as a little mustard seed, that's like, that's all that I need from you, Vic. Just believe, just a little faith, right? We can easily get discouraged when uh, the Lord's not answering our prayer right away. I like to say this often. We often pray and we just, like Amazon Prime, we're just like, Lord, come on. Within two to three days, I'm going to believe for you. <laughs> I'm going to believe that you can do that. And that's all right. You can keep praying that. But when we more we spend time with God, the more we understand his heart, the more we understand how, what, what God does. 
You know, and this last uh, Wednesday when we were praying, I brought up that scripture. It says to pray according to his will. When you're walking with God, you don't pray silly prayers. You know his heart. And that heart really moves you to the next level. You're not just like, I want that, I want that. Come on, Lord, I need this, I need this. And you're just asking for the things the Lord's like, I have prepared much greater things for you if you just stop thinking of, about this one problem in front of you and focus on the bigger picture. Put your trust in me, and I will give you abundantly, exceedingly more. Amen? There, Ephesians 3.20, if you're noting where it says, Now to him who is able to measurably more than all we ask or imagine. How cool is that? Let me read that again. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Just beyond our imagination, beyond our beliefs, according to his power that is at work within us. Again, there's always if. If you're letting the Lord work within you, right? Where you're not just like abandoning God. You didn't answer my question. And uh, my prayer, uh, that's it. I quit. Or you say, Lord, no, I keep believing you. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep walking alongside just like Jairus. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, Lord, but I'm going to keep walking. Point number two, when you hit troubled times, don't be afraid, only believe. That's straight from Mark 5.36, what we just read. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. <laughs> It's easy to say that, right? Only just, just believe. <laughs> but it is possible. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said that. But there's that key factor, right? Do not be afraid. Fear always gets in the way of our belief. Notice that, right? Anytime you want to do something, step out and serve God. That fear is out there. You ain't got it. You don't know what you're doing. The moment you begin to just say, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to start ministering in this area. I'm going to start... I don't know, greeting people at church. I wanna, I'm going to start doing something different. I'm going to start worshiping during the service and not stand with my arms crossed and like, nobody's going to make me sing. I said, Lord, I'm going to put my trust because I'm not singing for people. I'm worshiping you. I'm singing unto you. Amen? So keep walking. Keep believing. Amen? Yeah, do not be afraid. Only believe. When Jairus was walking with Jesus, things get... Things got worse, right? So things were already bad, and they went worse. And people around him, notice this, people around him, around Jairus, told him to quit. Don't bother. Stop arguing with Jesus, right? Stop bothering him. Start focusing on your problem. Jairus, you already need to start playing a funeral, all right? But it was in that moment Jesus told him, don't leave my side, right? Keep believing. Just believe. Keep walking together, right? And we're going to face the problem. And so then you're not facing that issue on your own, right? Because you're like, Lord, you told me I can pray by faith. And if it's something doesn't happen, it's on you. And right? it's your promise, right? But that's my point is when you're walking with the Lord, that makes sense. And all of a sudden it starts clicking for you. You're like, you know what, Lord? That situation I may not realize, but only later I will. Like I like to say Romans 8.28 where it says all things work together for good. They don't make sense while you're in it, right? A story of Jonah, he wrote that later. Only later he was able to say, yeah, yeah, God was after me. Got swallowed by a big fish, spit out. Then this happened and that. But it's only later it makes sense to say, oh, God, I get it. Come on, right? So 
similarly, but though many people, what happens is that people experience a breakdown because they hear that voice of somebody. And a lot of times it's people that are close to tell you to quit, right? Take your focus off Jesus. Focus on the issue. Focus on the problem that you have with, in front of you. And the thing is, when we do that, you're, we're allowing the enemy to distract us from the miracle that's about to take place in our life. Um, I just challenge us to not be afraid, right, when things get worse. <laughs> I would like to almost always say, like, to other person that I'm praying, I'm going to say, hey, don't worry. Things might get worse a little bit before they get better, right? It generally, a lot of times it does because those that are called according to his will, right, those that are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. So you can just keep quoting and saying, Lord, these are your words, not mine, right? It's same thing when we pray for somebody. Somebody says, well, I don't want to pray. What if nothing happens? You know, and I realized when that revelation came to me, well, Vic, that's your, exactly your problem. You're praying, what if nothing happens if I pray? So the focus is me, <laughs> right? So no, Lord, it's, it's your words, and all I'm doing is just being obedient. And I lay my hands and I believe that, God, you will heal them. And you know when to do it. But I'm going to believe that he can heal them right now. He can set them free. Amen. So I just want us to never quit and keep pursuing, keep moving forward. Staying with Jesus, just like Jairus did. Amen. So sometimes I do believe the situations in our lives, again, I want to talk about the issues or the problems we may face. And there are various kinds uh, the Lord works, he's like uh, an archer, right? The Lord pulls us back because he's about to propel us forward. <laughs> and in those moments, we feel confused. We're like, Lord, I just started following you doing this, but I feel like everything's going backwards for me, right? And instead of forward. So we lower our pursuit of God in that moment. We're like, we just don't get it. This is where we want to quit, right? But let this be a word for the season for you. Do not be afraid, just believe. Keep walking with the Lord. You will not just see a healing, but you will see a resurrection like Jairus said. All right? So before God exceeds your expectations, you will be tested. It's just something that I just written down in my life. I, already, I have this quote written in one of my journals, and I always like to look at it. It says, before God exceeds my expectations, he will test me. He will test me. <laughs> because remember, again, God just entrusts certain people with more. But with, he, with that requirement, it comes a little bit more waiting. And God is probably like, hey, you know what, Jairus? Yeah, you've been a pastor. Let's test your faith right now, <laughs> right? But I don't think he intentionally did that. But I do believe all things work together. God still had the glory, right? And that's the thing is what happens. We, we're set our life on a miracle. We're like, Lord, just if you could just do this. And the Lord's like, I'm going to do greater things. God wants to do resurrection, right? But only for us to realize that part of resurrection involves death, dying to self. It's that moment we're just like until we're like crushed and we're like, Lord, I, that's it. We're, there's no hope in our human factor, right? <laughs> then there's God factor, right? So testing comes in various forms, but how we respond or when we see others, how they receive their answers faster than you, it can really discourage us. But God's telling us to continue to focus on his presence and his promise, right? So, and that's another thing. I love that. And I, I keep seeing the image of Jesus. And last Sunday, we we're talking about when Jesus you know, was crucified. He was buried. 
And I like to, I want to say that to you in your situation right now. When you feel like you're being buried, remember you're being planted. Yeah? Yeah. So before that seed comes alive, it must die. And so when we finally just like give up of ourselves and the Lord is like, you know what? Now I can trust you with so much more, right? Exceedingly more. Jesus wasn't, Jesus wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't dead. He wasn't buried. He was planted because on the third day he came to life. Amen. He rose us from the deaths of our lives. Amen. So don't let other people's breakthroughs discourage you. All right. Or, but allow them to be an encouragement that yours is still coming. Right. Romans 8.28 again, I want to say, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who love God. Right. To those who are called according to his purpose. Point number three, this is my last point. As you get closer to a breakthrough, less people come along you. All right? As you get closer to the miracle, the less people begin to surrounding you. But in, and it's same in that story, right? We continue reading Mark 5, 37. Look at this. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion. This was Mark 5, 37 through 42. Verse 38, let me reread that again. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. So everything is too late. There's a dead end. There's no way something's going to happen. Verse 39, he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. <laughs> they laughed at him. Although Jesus had 12 disciples, notice that only three came, right? Into the place of miracle. I'm not saying that we need to intentionally cut certain people out of their life. But, um, but there's people possibly in your life that are making fun of your faith. And you don't, it may not be so forward, but it's true. They're like, oh, okay, well, let's see how well your faith is. Or I even had the quote saying like, well, let me know what, how that happens for you, and then maybe I'll believe, right? <laughs> there was even a place where one of the places where Jesus went, and it said he could not do any miracles because of the lack of their faith, right? The faith is such an important thing, and that's why when we're living in this upside-down kingdom, the last will be first, first shall be last, First, you know, things like that. When you understand that we're in an upside-down kingdom, it's like we're, we're not operating on the worldly standards. <laughs> we're operating on the heavenly standards, right? It's the kingdom of heaven. But as you continue to grow in faith and deeper in a relationship with God, there's just certain things that will fall away. The more closer you get. It's just like Abraham. When he got closer to the mountain, right, when he took his son, certain people just could not handle that area because you're getting closer into the relationship with God, into a deeper deeper sacrificial life before God and it could be people that are discouraging you saying dude I, I'd quit I remember Job right his wife was also saying just quit curse God and die problem after problem you know what do you got and he was like nope even if my body falls apart <laughs> I'll give glory to my God that faith that faith that gives you ability to go through such a difficult time and then later to look back and say, wow, God, you were there the whole time. You were there all along. Verse 40, but they laughed at him. After he put them all out, so Jesus is like, y'all got to get out now. He took the child's father and mother 
and the disciples who were with him. So he takes these three disciples, right? And went in where the child was. Verse 41, he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished, right? But when that miracle took place, there was only a few people. There was just, it was a special moment. That's what happens a lot of times when I'm telling you, like in my life, the moment I've just got to the breaking point and I just like, I just kept believing God. I'm like, Lord, you can do this. Lord, I, Lord, I've served you and things like that. And then it's like you get to that moment of miracle. It's like the greatest things happen when nobody sees. Did you notice that people could try doing various tricks and all sorts of things were flipping the bottle or something like that. And you sometimes do this cool thing, some kind of a trick shot. Nobody's there to witness it, right? (laughs) You can tell people about it. But there's something about that happens, that example I want to use that we see it here in this story. When all things were just like, it's not going to happen. People laughed. Like, where is your God? Where is Jesus, right? And just like, nope, it's going to still happen. But when you start walking by faith, certain things will fall off. Okay, the closer you get to the Lord, the Lord will, you start analyzing your heart and certain things will have to go away. Because that's what gets in the way of our faith before the Lord, right? So set boundaries with people that affect your faith. There is that. How about that? Set boundaries with people that affect your faith, right? Jairus had one choice. It's like to lose some faithless friends or receive a resurrection for his daughter. He chose resurrection, right? It was tough. It was really tough. I just can't imagine... The wave of emotions within the 24 hours of just what happened, right? It got so bad, Jairus runs, gets to Jesus on the way. Daughter dies. People are like, quit. Don't do it. God is like, don't. Jesus is like, don't do it. Don't quit, Jairus. That's what happens. And I can imagine in that moment, what went through Jairus' mind? He's following. Maybe even Jesus grabbed his hand. He's like, let's go. Let's get away. Let's keep going. Keep walking. And I think God is today encouraging you, even if you accepted Christ, things got difficult and things got bad and maybe things are going to get worse. Jesus gives us heads up about all this. He's like, in this world, you will have trouble. But again, I want to say there's something profound that happens in the time of waiting where God takes our faith and he elevates it to the next level. When we have nothing else but only hope in him, we either quit or we continue believing and knowing that he can do immeasurably more. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.